0: Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, your host. I'm joining me today is my co-host, David Weinkirch. Howdy. We're here talking about one of the touchiest issues in the world of drinks today, the word mixologist. Uh, Whether you love it, you hate it, it seems that bartenders of all stripes and drinkers and writers and spirits authorities all have a very, very specific opinion about the word and its usage.
1: I've heard so many people say, I'm a bartender, not a mixologist. Right. You know, and just over and over again. I don't and, think
0: I've heard anybody say, I'm a mixologist, not a bartender. In a while, anyway. In a while.
1: There's the occasional home mixologist, as right. they call themselves. Right. You know, who is is not a bartender.
0: If somebody calls you a mixologist, are you offended by that?
1: It depends on their intent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, for me, right. here's the thing. Uh, bartending is really old, Right like Absolutely. Uh, if 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 you're in Rome and you go uh out to Ostia Antica which is the old Roman seaport that's now this beautiful ruin and you walk down the uh the old Roman road in between the tall pine trees and the crumbling brick brick uh apartment blocks uh you find the main square you look around the main square you turn right around the corner and there is right on the street a uh counter about chest high with a higher counter behind it uh and you know exactly where you are so sure. you're at a bar so you know they were they were they were tending bar in ancient Rome what they right. weren't doing was modern mixology right. they didn't mix drinks with spirits they didn't use ice they didn't use all that stuff and that's what mixology means to me is sort of the extra part of bartending
0: it was a lingua latina or latin scholar that you are You're telling us there is no Latin or Greek root for the term
1: mixologist. Mixologist is a made-up joke word, and this is really funny, (laughs) but we use it because there's no other other word for
0: it. And especially writers and editors, what I think a lot of bartenders and Mm -hmm. critics of the word mixologist don't understand is that when you're writing a book or an article or even talking about it, you can't just keep saying bartender – over and over again. You need...
1: You need other words. You need some other I words. I mean, they're not synonymous. No. But right. Let's go back to where it started yeah. out because it's kind of funny. 1856, Knickerbocker Magazine, one of the New York magazines. Humorous characters were really popular then. Like you'd write sure. as a under a pseudonym as a humorous character using like dialect American. Absolutely. And, and this guy in dialect American yeah. talks about a, a mixologist of tipicular fixins, which <laughs> is a fancy, you know... Fancy American for somebody who mixes tipples or a bartender, right? And he mentions the mixologist of tipicular fixins. Well, all these American newspapers read that magazine and cut out that little piece because everybody thought it was really funny. And so at first it's really funny. It's like this ridiculous way of saying bartender. But you fast forward a couple generations and you're looking in the want ads and you see bartender wanted, must be good mixologist. Right. So... It becomes something. It more becomes than, something because it stood for that extra part of bartending that the Romans right. didn't have, you
0: know, that. Or the, the, the master plumber to the sort of tinkerer Exactly. Almost.
1: Yeah, it's the fine art of mixing drinks. Right. It means you as a bartender are good at mixing all the popular drinks of the day. And you don't have to be.
0: Right. right. Well, we discussed in the Jerry Thomas episode, mm-hmm. our first episode, very quickly from the time that Americans start making cocktails, it becomes a serious profession. They're in, you know, fancy, you know, clothes, they're mm-hmm. using fancy tools in, in fancy hotels, and it becomes respected. So you, you almost need another word.
1: You you need to cover that that high end of the business. It eventually got to the point, I mean, people tried other terms like Right. Cocktail architect, which always makes me amuse.
0: Coctologist.
1: Uh, coctologist they Well, they still have, we still right. have that. Right. Mixicologist, right. just to make it even more ridiculous. There, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Toddy driver was one. <laughs> I'm a toddy driver. Right. However, you run into problems today with there's, there are a few people who called themselves chief mixologist and or. head mixologist. And next thing you know, everybody else is mad about it.
0: A lot of the people who have a problem with the word mixologist themselves are often wearing suspenders, a mustache, perhaps a top hat, you know, a waistcoat. And
1: mixing 17 ingredient drinks. Right. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, it, it's very
0: interesting that they draw the line. Yeah. That, that, that the line that they will not cross is the one to use the word mixologist. But they'll use every other, you know, every other affectation of of bar history. They'll throw on themselves, including pocket watches and whatever else. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't want to be called a mixologist.
1: I've heard somebody, I've literally heard this say, well, I'm a bar chef, not a mixologist. Wow. And bar chef is, that's not good. Right. You know, that's, you're not a, you're not a chef.
0: Now we're really splitting hairs. Now you're really splitting hairs. yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, if you're chef, why aren't you throwing pans at the busboy? Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you know, so, uh, some of these terms, I think part of it is that nobody knows exactly what they mean. Like the, yeah. you know, like bartender, everybody knows, right? Barman, mm-hmm. sure. You know, uh, uh, waiter, you know, host, whatever you want. You know, what most of the facets of the, the modern bar world mm-hmm. speak for themselves. But the word mixologist, especially I think with the general public, you've been, people either have like. You know a reverence for it, right? Because they think it's some kind of mark of distinction, right? right. Or they just think that it's, you know, it's just craziness up there with, you know, crazy all of pretension these, and right, exactly yeah. with the speakeasies yeah. and the. You got a right. degree in mixology, right. which is literally there was a song that came out at a video a couple of years ago by a group in in California called Fog and Smog, and they had a, a whole song called Mr. Mixologist, and and one of the lines is about. You need a degree for that, and mm-hmm. you know it, it. You know it makes fun of. is almost too far ahead of its time. It makes fun of these giant ice cubes that can't even fit right, into the right. glass, and you have to get to the bar through like I think a coat closet, you know, and flamethrowers, and it takes an hour, and the drink comes out. and It's like a thimble size, right? You know, right.
1: Yeah. Every every cliche of sort right. of over the top bad modern bartending but uh nonetheless you know there's a grain of truth in oh, it Oh
0: absolutely and then on the other end you have something like ABC a couple of years ago has a TV show TV show called Exology which wasn't very good it was not really about bartending but it was set in kind of a almost I would almost say like a bar that you'd find in a W hotel right, you know right. you know Cheek, you know, sexy drinks, you know, people in high heels, lots of and,
1: pastel colors in the glass. Exactly,
0: and 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 that didn't that didn't really catch on either. But it was interesting that the word mixology had sort of almost jumped into the mainstream yeah. enough that a TV show on a major network could use it, and people would have some and go co- broke with it. <laughs> well, right, but at least at least people would have an understanding of what mm-hmm. generally what that meant.
1: You know, it's funny; these arguments are actually really old, also. <laughs> 1890s, the two most famous bartenders in New York. William Schmidt, known as William of the Bridge, because he t- tended bar right by Brooklyn Bridge, Ooh. or later, the only William. He, he liked that. It,
0: it didn't hurt that all the newspapers were there, probably. No, so
1: everybody went into his bar. So he's on one on the one hand, and the other hand you have up at the Fifth Avenue Hotel, which is uh, where the presidents would stay when they were in town. It was the, sort of the, the most respected hotel in town. Ooh. You had Jim Gray, Uh, and William Schmidt was German, Jim Gray, Irish-American, and these were kind of the two different poles of American drink mixing, right? Right. And they both mixed cocktails, no problem. But William Schmidt, like, Came up with these crazy names for his drinks, like the Symphony of Moist Joy right. and things like wow. that. Yeah, it's just a ridiculous. I'm intrigued,
0: but I'm not sure I want to taste it. Uh- <laughs> uh, well,
1: all of his all of his drinks are these elaborate things with like lots of wines and 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 recherché foreign cordials right. and. Oh, even
0: the name of his book is is quite. I'd say
1: poetic. I mean the it's the flowing, yeah, the flowing
0: bowl. Exactly, right, which is what a I mean what an amazing term for a punch bowl. And
1: yeah. the fact that he wrote a book and a big long one. Right. You know, on on cocktails and put I would I would say all of his creations except uh he was interviewed so many times by the newspapers because <laughs> he was always uh spoken complete paragraphs so you didn't really have to do any work. Quote machine. Yeah, he was a quote machine. So uh if you go through these articles and there were hun- literally hundreds of them about him. Uh, you find uh, several dozen recipes that never even made it into the book that either came afterwards or he put aside. You find him doing, like, here's a course of drinks for the day. You have this one at this hour. Then you have the life prolonger in the afternoon and the evening's rest in the evening. You know, And they had all these ridiculous names. Such a character. And uh, I've got a description of him uh, mixing a drink I'd like to read. A couple guys from the New York Herald went into his bar in 1891. This is their description. Two cloth napkins are placed on the bar. They are small, clean, and fringed. Two glasses, thin and small, are filled to the brim with cracked ice and water and placed back of them. Drink the water first, please, said William. Why? To prepare the throat for the liquor. The water leaves the palate in good condition to fully appreciate the taste of the cocktail. The second course is the serving of billiard tips. A diminutive sort of ginger snap, so these little, you know, cookie things, biscuits, uh, put out simply to engage your attention while the drink is being compounded. Meanwhile, the layout on the bar increases. Two cocktail glasses, heaped high with cracked ice, appear on the scene. So thin are they that they seem almost too fragile to hold the ice. We do that as a pretense for cooling the glasses, explains William, but really it is more to please the eye than anything else. Naturally, the mixing is the most important part of the whole performance. William does it upon the counter in plain sight. Each cocktail is mixed in a goblet by itself. I don't think there's any reason for doing it so, except it is more bother to do it that way, and William likes to impress you with the idea that he is taking a great deal of trouble on your account. Grasping a nozzle-ended bitter or gum bottle in each hand, William shakes in a drop or two, pours in the other ingredients, and stirs it all up deftly with a long-handled spoon. Then he tosses away the ice in the cocktail glasses, and holding the goblet high above his head, pours out the fluid in a thin stream. As a pourer, William is world-known. He insists that a bartender should always stand erect and move only his arms. It has been a long time coming, but it is only the regular procedure. With an if-you-please, William passes over the glasses with a thumb and forefinger holding them by the base. It's the nicer way. I mean, don't you want a cocktail now? Absolutely. Maybe I mean, thirsty. But that's kind of the the, the whole... You know, mixology thing yeah. is sort of a performance. Absolutely, you know, and this is a—it's uh, one way of tending bar. Is—is—is—you is got the person sitting in front of you, and it's just such delayed gratification. You do all the—you know—you sure. do—you you dash the bitters in carefully, everything like like William is doing, and it really just increases the thirst. That drink is going to taste so much better if you watch it being made than if it had been poured out of a tap
0: and came out on a tray or yeah
1: exactly and so so it's you know it's funny but it's definitely an old thing and and these guys were smart and they understood what was going on with this whole performance
0: well it's kind of i mean you wrote a story for the daily beast a couple of months ago about how you know people often will make fun of the whole cocktail Mm -hmm. you know renaissance and the whole cocktail bars and Put up as dive bars, as the real American way that we all drank, and this is the actual tradition where, in fact, it was that kind of bar with William behind the bar making you know all these lavish creations. Yeah, that goes back
1: to the early 19th century.
0: That is our history, whether or not we want to admit it, the dive bar might be cooler and more punk. But really, you know
1: that's very American.
0: That is American. There, that is know? that's how Americans learn to drink. Yeah, was. And it
1: was it was fancy. It was flashy. It was over the top. The other New York fam- famous New York bartender Jim Gray, uh, at the Fifth Avenue, he only mixed like the simplest cocktails. He right. made a a rum punch. He made a uh, a whiskey uh, old fashioned whiskey cocktail, as he called it. It was so so old fashioned. He didn't even put bitters in it. He just grated nutmeg. It was really a toddy. And he made like, you know, a few other drinks. But he was hugely popular because whenever you went into his bar, he would talk to you. Uh, he knew everything. He knew everybody. He knew all the celebrities. He was honest and dignified and not nearly like the, the hog for attention as William, except for the fact that he wore different vests every day and sometimes several of them different ones in a day.
0: So basically the argument that we're talking about between the word mixologist and bartender. gender yeah. Has essentially been going on yeah. for 130 for 100, years, exactly. Because <laughs> Jim Gray was a bartender, and right. he
1: would deny that he was a mixologist. Right, you know? the same thing. And William, if there were a more fancy word than mixologist, he would have embraced it. If he had heard bar chef, right. he would, it would have been. The, right. it would have. His book would have been called Bar Chef. chef. Right, you know the flowing bowl. Well, it's, <laughs> it's also
0: fascinating because you know in that description that you read, where he's you know the ice is in the glass, you know all yeah. of these touches that. You know, our hallmarks of the modern cocktail oh, movement yeah. really do go back, you know, to the 1890s, maybe earlier. And you know, a lot of the stuff that we make fun of now or poke fun
1: at—it's ancient.
0: It's ancient. I mean, yeah. these are these are you know more traditional than the sort of more mainstream modern methods that we have.
1: I mean, like uh, like I said in in, in my book and Bible, uh, with the, with that passage, uh, if you gave William a. Uh, a pour over and a, an iPod full of Oasis tunes and a couple sleeve tattoos. <laughs> he could work at any mixology bar in America. Absolutely, you know, he absolutely. And step right in. Absolutely, he'd have no problem at all. Yeah, it's for like, sure. Nothing has really changed. You know, yeah. some of the ingredients he'd have to uh, uh, poke around with right, a little though. bit, but he'd be just totally fine.
0: Well, and it's funny because in some ways he'd be, I think, more fine than his contemporary, who yeah. might actually struggle to find a bar where you have that sort of, you know, you know, good you know bonhomie you know the good humor and you know sort of the chat or what the irish would call the crack in america i mean
1: he could have you know up until a couple years ago he could have worked at the 21 club right but now they've suddenly upgraded their mixology and and i think he'd be a little lost yeah
0: i I think it would be harder for him to find (laughs) yeah i think so a bar to work in these days that would appreciate that kind of same doug quinn from from hudson malone might be the only you know sort of or yeah, that sort, I can of the, of that, in, sort of in
1: the Jim Gray mold. His
0: memory skills are legendary where he supposedly knows everybody's name yeah. and their drink order for, you know, decades. You exactly. Know,
1: yeah, that was Jim Jim Gray's thing. You know, he, it got to the point where uh, his customers who were like senators and people like right. that, if they saw cool fabric somewhere, they'd buy it and give it to him so he could make another <laughs> vest out of it. Right. And, and it was like, you know, that was his little kind of, that bit was of a bar schtick. fun. Yeah. That was, and that was it. That was yeah. the only bar fun, you know, right. he, he had, but it was enough. Right. And and everything else he just he ran it like just this almost gentleman's club of of dignity and decorum and uh, open conversation. And right. that is the thing that seems almost the most endangered right, right now.
0: Do you think that Jerry Thomas would have subscribed to being called a bartender or mixologist? Is there one or that he would have do you think that he would have preferred to have been called?
1: That's a really good question. You know, Jerry Thomas was the guy who wrote the first bartender's guide and the kind of father of modern American bartending, went all around the world, did all kinds of stuff, ended up uh, running some really iconic bars here in New York City. He kind of had aspects of both. Right. Because he definitely did fancy mixing and fancy yeah. drinks.
0: And I think, and thanks to your book, I think he's now sort of the patron saint of... Right. Of all, you know... But he he, he kind of
1: encompassed both sides because his bars were fun. They had uh, all kinds of bar amusements and stuff like that, you know. I mean, the
0: man wore a live white rat on his shoulder. Two of them. Two of them, (laughs) them. excuse me. Two white rats. Named
1: Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, naturally.
0: (laughs) But it's just funny because, you know, we now, a lot of the quote-unquote mixologists today who have, you know, suspenders and the top hats, some of them actually have tattoos... From your book, like that, you know. Of which these, is, that's just kind of funny. It was I mean, amazing, like, these illustrations. Yeah. Right? You know, and I'm not sure if Jerry Thomas would like the modern cocktail bars or not. Right? I, I think he would
1: like people to lighten up a little bit. Right.
0: You know? <laughs> I, mean, but light, but also, I think he would like being remembered in yeah, his drinks, oh, obviously. But like.
1: But you know what it is also? I think it's a function of, of uh, the age of the bartenders. Because uh, in his day, to be head bartender at a top bar, right. you had to apprentice for a long time. Yeah, You know, you had to, like, w- study, and you had to learn from an older bartender. And you, by the time you made it up to that level, you were in your 30s. Right. At which point, you've got a lot of conversation. Right. But uh, bartenders now, they master all the skills. Yeah. But they're still, like, 24, 25, and it's hard right. to – Master the uh, the conversational skills at that age. Absolutely, unless you're being exceptionally talented, being
0: knowing the world. You yeah, know
1: knowing world. the world, having a, a fund of anecdotes, yeah. knowing how to read people. You know, knowing how to uh, tell a story. Uh, learning all the good jokes. Right, or when not to or tell them. Bad jokes, yeah, or even or. the bad. Exactly, you well, know that 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 kind of stuff comes yeah. in part with age. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not it's not necessarily. Uh, Something a 22-year-old is great well,
0: at. I mean, in yeah. some ways, it was back in the day. It was, it was more akin to being a chef, where you know you read *Down and Out* in London and Paris, yeah, yeah. you know Orwell, and you know you have these kids are going I don't know, 12, 15, whatever it was, or right. Jack Pan even. They're you know in the basement of a hotel or a restaurant, and they're you know cleaning mounds of dishes with old newspapers for years before yeah. they're ever actually made a frying pan or a knife, and. You know, the skills come, you know, over, you know, a decade. Over a decade.
1: It's not a culinary school thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Thomas started uh, bar backing at the uh, bar of his brother's hotel in New Haven when he was probably 14, you know, and. 14 to 16. And then yeah. he ran off to be a sailor, which is the greatest experience there is, right. you know, plenty but he of already knew bartending, plenty
0: of <laughs> anecdotes, plenty yeah, of exactly. uh, drinking, yeah, exactly. he see the world.
1: Yep. And so by the, t- you know, when he got back from that and from the gold rush, right. he had uh, uh, plenty of anecdotes and plenty Absolutely. of stuff to tell people and to talk about. And he'd seen a lot of the world. This is interesting to me as the uh, first generation of like modern super mixologists, is moving into the second decade of this thing. A lot of those people are backing off on the fancy mixology and stepping up on the storytelling. Oh, absolutely. And uh the being a character and all that yeah. kind of stuff. You really see it. It's 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 amusing. It's uh
0: we're, we're following in the the path that Gaz Regan has cut, I think, yeah. as, as becoming the the Rock and Tour and the, yeah. I mean his book, Jerry Thomas Book, was not called for nothing, the book Von Vion's companion, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean it's you know, I think this idea of being a bon vivant, being a rock and tour, has come back into oh, it's part of the the job description. It's it's
1: well, you've got people getting up and talking. You right. know, uh, the way the the way to be a top professional bartender today includes a lot yeah. of uh, uh, seminars and things like that, competitions, places paperwork. where you work. Yeah, I'm not really yeah. sure. Well, yeah. paperwork and management, right, exactly. sure, but there's also a lot of uh, getting up and talking to audiences. Yeah. And uh, you need to be kind of amusing to make that work. You know,
0: I'm not sure that Jerry Thomas did a, a book tour, but no, he I certainly. Don't he... <laughs> I, I don't think they were, those were around then. But I mean, he certainly would have been well suited for the you know the modern book tour.
1: Yeah, he would have. He would have. Uh, he would have done just fine. You know? yeah. he, he liked to tell a story.
0: But you're right, though. It's almost like you know some of these things: first wave, second wave. Mm-hmm. You know that you know academics will apply to film or you know feminist theory or other right, topics. Right. 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 You know, we're, we're almost far enough along that we can sort of delineate generations or waves for this mixology or cocktail renaissance. Oh, yeah, the you want people who
1: it. 15 years ago, you know, started opening bars, etc., cetera, right. and uh, dedicated to cocktails, something that nobody had done in a really long time, you know, dedicated to making sure. exactly fine cocktails. Uh, those people have been doing it for a long time now. And yeah. They've learned to relax a lot
0: when this all started, I know when we met probably 20 years ago now almost, those people also wanted to kind of differentiate. And we all did. It was such a nascent industry that we were kind of like, we're doing something special. We need a word to tell consumers, other bartenders, what's going on in this bar or in this article or this book is different, which is why I think word mixologist sort of appealed yeah, came, you know it came it back it came i mean, back in tony
1: abuganim you know one of the world's great bartenders calls himself the modern mixologist right. <laughs> you and know? still does i mean yeah. that's yeah that's know, his business is yeah. the modern mixologist and, well, and uh, me
0: and jim Han another you know sort yeah. of uh, leading light in this uh cocktail renaissance his company is micography yeah, the so, combination you know, of
1: uh <laughs> writing about writing about the uh, cocktail right,
0: i mean it's an interesting but it's almost like we've gone so far that we now almost take for granted well made drinks or the ability to get a small bag of bourbon no matter what bar you're drinking in or uh would remove Absolutely. That, that it's almost like we can almost make fun of yeah you know that and that's where yeah, maybe we that can comes I mean from. it's
1: it's when I make fun of it which I which I I definitely <laughs> do and sometimes uh, you know I feel bad about it but it it's it's from a place of affection you right. know I like to see uh great bars everywhere, which is what we've got. And occasionally they run into excess. It's the excess of being young and and rambunctious. You know, they're being puppies about it, basically. Yeah. And uh, eventually they'll calm down. And the ones that survive uh, and the ones that have been in business for a while tend to be just really lovely places, you know.
0: And I think that we've reached a really interesting point in where you have real serious cocktail bars, obviously. But that kind of culture has also now almost been grafted onto the mainstream rootstock where you get in other cities, like we talked about the Midwest in a previous episode, you have, you know, 50,000 square foot bars with bowling alleys that serve great bowls of punch, or they have great cocktails, whether it's, you know, up in Rochester, New York, or in the Midwest, and I mean, obviously the whole point of this movement was not so 10 of us could go to Death & Co. And fill up all the seats at the yeah. bar. <laughs> the Although that idea, was fun too. It but. was fun. And I think, you know, maybe we lost sight of it. Or yeah. maybe we never believed that it would go so mass. But the idea is like we wanted to change how the world drank. And and I think in some ways we've we've got there, you know, and, and maybe oh, yeah. we've lost sight of and, the And fact we that what
1: we have now is real mixology going right, on. Right. You know, a much more uh systematically than it ever was before. Absolutely. I mean, you've got people who are using spreadsheets of ingredients, sure. you know, they're Action, you've got people, you know, yeah, doing scientific studies of, of
0: Sentrifuges. Yeah, or, all know, kinds of stuff like juice. that.
1: Yeah. It's it's really uh it's kind of fascinating that it, it's moved be you know, from a newspaper man's joke to like yeah. this is a, a multi multi million dollar industry. <laughs> I mean it's I, sort
0: of hard to quantify. Yeah, sort of exactly yeah,
1: I mean you you go to a bar like uh, 69 Colebrook Row in London, which is the size of the tiny room we're uh, recording this in right now. Yeah. What you don't see is they have a separate lab like eight times that size wow. in another building around the corner. Right. You know, where they make all the stuff that they slip subtly into their cocktails. Right. I mean, that's a weird business. Yeah. But that's where we're at. I mean,
0: I would I would be tempted to put that under the word mixology. <laughs> I would be. I would call that mixology. Call, Except
1: when you go there, right. And you order a drink, they just list the ingredients. They don't. They don't right. uh, have lab coats. They don't have pictures right. of their lab. It's just a quiet little neighborhood yeah. corner bar with these exceptional drinks, and they don't make a big deal out of it. And I think as this
0: evolution has has gone gotten underway, that we've had a lot of fits and starts, right? And you know, yeah. one one track, one spur was kind of the more, you know, medicine, you know, lab kind of aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Another might have been kind of the alchemist, you know, flame throwing kind of circus mm-hmm. spur. You know I mean? These were all almost growing pains, you know, stops yeah. along the way yeah. to get where we are now, where you I know, mean they the, could have gone that way.
1: The best bars will use elements of anything like yeah. that because they're opportunistic, you know. Sure. They say, well, that that actually works. Yeah, uh, I was in one of those lab bars uh, years ago in Australia. They've got uh, no bottles on the back bar because the back bar was taken up by centrifuges and all this stuff. And wow. this was only because that was the only place they could put it. Right. This guy Matthew Bax was the uh, was was the owner of the bar, and uh, the bottles they needed to put them somewhere, so they hung them from the ceiling with bungee oh cords. So you just pull them down right. to pour. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, cracking Not too hard, ice. I guess, right? What's that?
0: Not You can't pull them down too hard, right? No, not too hard.
1: Well, I was cracking ice with a mallet, and everybody was going, ooh, ah. And I'm thinking, I'm just cracking ice with a mallet. What I didn't realize is as I swung it over my head, it was coming within a millimeter of some <laughs> of the bottles there. <laughs> they were hanging over right. my head. So, uh yeah, that 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 bar was a little bit of both the, right, uh, the, the crazy flame throwing right. bar and the science lab. Or
0: maybe be a cross between bartending and mixology.
1: Yeah, there there was a little of both for sure. It was very funny.
0: Do you think that we'll will ever? Do you think we'll ever get past this debate between the, the mixologists of the world and the bartenders of the world? Or
1: I think it's a healthy debate. Yeah. I don't really want to get beyond yeah. it, you know, because uh, it's always good to be challenged a little. Yeah. For the fancy people, it's good to be. Reminded that you know uh, you might want to bring it down to earth a little sure. bit, and then for the uh, the other people, it's uh, good to be reminded not to be so lazy and incurious, and yeah. maybe learn how to mix a drink. Well, I think you it, know.
0: No, and I think what, what's interesting too is that we've seen a lot of bar owners have both kinds of bars. Mm-hmm. Like they'll open one fancy bar, yeah. and then they'll open one uh, kind of more. You know, I think
1: uh, of like Sean Kenyon in Denver, right? Uh, who has. Uh, Williams and Graham, you know, a very fancy, sure. lovely speakeasy bar. Right. You enter through the bookshop, you know, one of those places. Yeah. And next door is the Occidental, which has a jukebox and yeah. uh, pinball machines and big, big, uh, big Buck Hunter and uh, <laughs> sliders and right. uh, or, lots of draft beer.
0: Or in New York, you have Mace and then um, Red Bohm's other bar, Boilermaker. Uh, Boilermaker. I mean, obviously, yeah. the Boilermaker is all about the Boilermaker, mm-hmm. so... It's kind of this yin and yang that, yeah. you know, And Mace
1: has great cocktails. Uh, yeah. Boilermaker has a great burger. Yeah. I mean, the cocktails they make are fine. Right. They're, they're, you know, perfectly yeah. competent, delicious. lovely, yeah. delicious cocktails. It's just not their main right. draw for people to come in.
0: Right. It takes sort of both things, which I, it does sometimes get kind of heated, though, with oh, the yeah. word. Oh, especially yeah. with the word mixologist can be thrown around. It like can be insult. thrown around as a
1: slur, yes. you Definitely. You mixologist. Right. It's <laughs> it spat out. Oh, yeah, at, you know, so yeah like, it, is, it is. I mean, I think
0: you, I mean, I yeah. would, my, my. you know, parting wisdom, I think, to our listeners would say, be careful who you call a mixologist. <laughs> uh, I will endorse that. How, or how you say the word. I yeah. mean, it. you know, in the right context, I would say it's uh, definitely a compliment. Uh, in the wrong context, you know, you'll be thrown out of a bar.
1: I think that's a good spot to end on.
0: (laughs) We'll see you for another episode of Life Behind Bars. Cheers. Cheers.